Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. Oh, I should have turned on my music. Oh, we missed the music. Hey. Oh, man, and I don't have, I don't have the follow-up. It doesn't have it queued up. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, well, right, welcome, everyone, today. Uh, we've got Damon Postalka, Ira Bowman here, Exit Your Way Business Roundtable. Uh, we had a, a Jeff Graham was going to talk with us today and, and uh, you know, an unfortunate dental incident. He is, uh, he is trying to uh, navigate the dental waters during COVID, which is, he said it's not any fun. And I just take his word for that. So I don't, I don't, I want to go to the dentist even when everything's good, man. I know. <laughs> I know. And then you don't want to get that in your mouth specifically. And I was like, Hey, that's, that's enough for me, man. I don't even Yeah, I'm good. Sorry, yeah. brother. Get yeah. well soon. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we're, we're, we're going to take care of it just fine here. And we're, uh, we're rolling now. We're going to talk a little bit about some sales. We're going to get, uh, maybe get some people uh, commenting in here. I'm sure we're going to have a few people that are, that are weighing in. Oh, we've got Paula Goodman weighing in already. Oh, Paula. Hey, Paula. Yep. Uh, so thanks a lot for being here with us today. But for those of you that didn't know, um, Ira Bowman's been working with us now for a while. Yeah, you know, it started off really, we were, um, we were using Bowman coaching at that yeah. point. I'm a coach. Uh, started, yeah. started, I think, early this year or late last year, something like that. that. that, that one. Yeah, that one right there. <laughs> and because uh, we had identified a long time ago that social media, and not necessarily just any random social media, but LinkedIn was really one of our areas where we wanted to get stronger. Yeah. And and being who I am and, and who Andrew are, we fumbled through it a long time and played with it and did what we learned what we could, but then we knew we needed to really step up our game and uh, get going. And, and Ira sure helped us to do that. And as we were going along the way, the whole COVID thing kicked in and, and this happened, that happened. And, and uh, we just saw, yeah. Yeah, and we saw that Ira's skills, man, his sales skills, because uh, he doesn't know what I'm going to start talking about because I, I was thinking about this. And when you look at people that that I believe um, have a lot of sales skills, they've had to sell in tough industries. And, you know, you are in the print industry, Ira. And that's that's not like selling, you know, I, I and, I, and this is maybe a bad example, but in in a medical device field, when you've got a fee, uh, a product that's got a technical advantage, and you know there's you know real features and benefits that are clear to a specific purpose, it's much different sale than selling a commodity item that many people can can offer, and uh, that's really what we saw in you, and, and it's and I think people that don't understand that just really can't appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it's funny in, in the printer sales that I did, it's very technical. And a lot of times people will go in with preconceived notions of what they needed or what they didn't need. Yeah. And I would have to educate them and sometimes almost 
you know, to my own detriment because it's like, well, you think you know your biz, our business more than I do, you know, and I've been in this, an engineer for an architect or whatever for, you know, decades. And it's like, I don't think I'm smarter than you. I just think that I know the technology that's available and I've been doing this for 20 years myself. So if you listen to me, I'll show you that this will actually work for you. I had so many testimonies of people who are thankful that they would go through the process. It's, it, it really is similar to the exit your way process because a lot of people are like, Hey, you know, I just need a broker and I'm going to get my 1.9 million or I'm gonna get my 7.6 million. And it's like, uh, no, you, you think you're going to get it. And I know people are telling you, you're going to get it. So you believe them because they're yes folks. But the fact is there's more to it than just a number. There's a process that you've got to go to and printer sales. And as it turns out, selling the business, the exit your way, style or the the strategy that we employ very similar so yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to be on the team we got along yeah. very well in our coaching sessions and you know you guys you guys are sharp and and i think the biggest thing for me through all that was just realizing that we all we could have a conversation not everybody's on the same page but we could talk about it strategize figure out a plan you guys could implement it and then there was results you know and and that that happened over time so it wasn't just yeah. like you know oh he's it sounds good it's like well no it's got it, it it does have to sound good i guess but it has to work most importantly if it doesn't work then you know we're not here to entertain ourselves it's called work right so yeah yeah well yeah it's in the end as 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 you know now being being around more and and we really have to focus on results and and we were talking about before we got on here you know results with marketing results with uh sales consulting or whatever you're doing you you got to see results otherwise why are you doing it there are kpis right and for those of you who don't know that key performance indicators if you don't know your own kpi then you probably haven't been in business that long but, but most people do. You need to pay attention to that data, right? So don't get lost. And I think this is what happens. I call them, um, oh, my mind just went like vanity metrics. Sorry. These vanity metrics that are out there, people get lost in views or lost in shares or lost in, you know, website visits, you know, but there's this thing called bounce rate and click throughs and all this stuff that you've got to pay attention to. You need to really know your own business. For example, you could have a post with three people who viewed it, but you get one great lead out of it that turns into a deal six months down the road. Was that post good post or bad post? I'd say it was good. Excellent. Give me more, right? Yeah. So just because you get 20,000 views on a post in an hour, just like I had earlier today, I didn't get any business out of it. So was that a good post or not? Yeah. It's, that's a, that's a real, it's a real stumbling point for me with with people that talk about vanity metrics because they, they you're exactly right they don't do you any good you know and over time i mean look i'm going to tell you guys something that maybe most people don't know because they don't play this out like chess the way i do okay vanity metrics can help you in the long game because there's something called momentum so yeah. if you're making posts every single time to always bomb i'm talking very few you know interactions engagements and views your message is never going to carry. So you do need some of these posts that go large, but it needs to be mixed in with posts that are effective. So you have a strategy that's more than just checkers move, you know, one spot in front of you. You've got to be thinking like when I wrestled in high school, I was thinking about five or six moves down the road. I was trying to set you up 
to do this so I could do that. So you would do this so I could do that. So you would do this so I could pin you. That's what I was trying to do six moves ahead. And the people that were just reacting to what I was doing, they were lost. They lost before we even started because they were just playing, you know, reactionary. Yeah. So if if your social media, if your marketing, if your sales strategies are just reactionary to what is in front of you at the moment. And a lot of people, frankly, with the pandemic, that's where they're at. Yeah. You don't have to be. This is where exit your way. You, you bring us in. And what do we do? We bring our team of experts, 30 so 30 or so different people on the team that are expert at different things. I'm not the answer for everything Exit Your Way does. You're not the answer for everything Exit Your Way does. And frankly, none of us are. It's, yeah. the, it's the team of experts that make it so good. So then mm-hmm. you're on the experts to do what they're best at so that you can do what you're best at. That was my post this morning. Like instead of wasting your time as a business owner, trying to manage seven different social media pages for your company, which you're not good at, frankly. Yeah. Um, you should hire somebody like Bowman Digital Media through Exit Your Way to do for you. Why? Because you'll get more results out of those efforts and you'll free yourself up to do what you're really good at. Your profits will go up. So you'll you'll make greater gains in both the social media space and in your workspace at the same time. Yes, it will cost you a little bit of money, but the opportunity cost is so much greater to keep pounding your head against a door you're never going to understand because this isn't your deal, dude. We can't all be experts of everything, right? Jack of all trades, master of none. Well, that's silly. In business, you you should really dig into what you're the best at and let the experts outsource, frankly, outsource the things that you're not as good at. I don't do my own books. You know why? And I went to college. I went to I went to San Jose State in business. I'm actually good at math and I'm good at accounting, but I don't do my own books. It's not my expertise. And frankly, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not passionate about it either. So hopefully that doesn't offend anybody, but it, it does make them a little uncomfortable because I want you to grow. I want you to get better. Yeah, you know, and and Ron said something that was funny. I had to put it on there for the you know pandemic. Added 100 million coaches overnight, or they got right, right. on LinkedIn. They got coaching skills overnight. It's like that's that's one of the things that that you do. Show yeah. me, show me you're good. Don't tell me you're good. I don't care about the piece of paper that you paid for that says you're a certified coach. That is irrelevant to me. Show yeah. me that you can get a post to hit a hundred thousand views, or show me that you have a hundred thousand followers, or show me you can build a business page that gets a significant following. Like Project Help You Grow, that one right there. That is a philanthropy website with no employees, just myself. It's been around for two years, and I have nineteen thousand followers on it. So if your business that does millions of dollars a year and has 50 to 100 employees has 500 or less followers, you probably should hire somebody like me who did something like that, right, to yeah. manage your page for you. That's what I'm talking about. Even yeah. Bowman Digital Media, which is, sorry, that one, my newest business page has over 1,100 followers in the first 60 days. Okay? Yeah. So don't tell me you're good. I don't care what the coach says. Let's see some actual evidence. If yeah. I'm going to invest in you, I want you to show me your uh, credibility. I want you to prove it. Don't tell me. Show me. Well, and that's that's why I think one of the things that that we like to do and, and we do with our clients and people that we get to know, and they're they're not used to what, we, what we're going to do if they're interested in working with us. I mean, we take a long time before we even talk about okay, let's do something or it's going to be so much money to do something or anything like that because we 
our business is set up that if we waste our time, we don't make money just like right. you don't waste, you make money if you waste your time, right? As a business owner, because we have to be. We 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 are at we are at an end game state with a lot of our clients and they, and they they are they are you know in the last five years of owning the business and some of them and they need to know that whatever's gonna whatever's gonna transcribe or transpire between those those years is gonna make a difference. Yeah. So we've set our business up so that if we're not making progress and making results, uh, we're not gonna make the money that we want to make as as alongside they won't and. And it just makes makes it that much more important for us to really get to know that our team can make a difference. And if we can't, we get the hell out. There's no doubt. You know, I Andrew and I were on the radio on Monday in mm -hmm. on a financial show. And one of the, the hosts was kind of surprised by something that we said. And <laughs> well, there was a few things I think they were surprised by. But but the first one right out of the gate was 80% of the people trying to sell their businesses are unsuccessful. So that means two out of 10 business owners trying to sell their business fail. I'm sorry, not two out of 10, eight out of 10. Two out of, two out of 10 are successful. Why? Yeah. Because they don't think about selling the business in the beginning when they're setting up the business and running the business throughout the business. They only think about it there at the very end. And most people get a little bit lazy and complacent at the end as they're getting ready to walk away. They know they're getting close to letting go, but, but they're not quite there yet, but, but things recede. And so those trends at the end are going the wrong way. Yep. So a buyer is not interested in buying your uh, emotional baggage, right? They're not buying your legacy. 100%. They're buying your profit generating apparatus. They want to see that when they invest in this sucker, the vehicle that you're selling, that when you leave, it's still going to be profitable. In yep. fact, the more profitable it is at the end, you actually get a little bit of a bonus when we do these certified uh, valuations, right? Which is yep. one of the number one things people can get from us, whether you're selling or not. There's a whole host of reasons why somebody would want uh, to get a certified valuation. But in that certified valuation, if you can show the, the potential buyer that your sales numbers at the end are trending upwards yep. you, get, you get a bonus multiplier yep and so the thing that he asked was like well how soon should you be thinking about selling before you actually sell in other words when are you going to start yeah. doing something and the answer was the minute you start the business which is a little bit facetious but it's true but in reality, you must be thinking about it much more than the last month or two, like a lot of people do. It's like, oh, I need to sell it now. I'm just going to put it on the paper and I'm going to you know, list my price. It's like, no, you need to bring in a team. We talk about all the time um, this book, Traction, which I don't have right next to me, but the book Traction, you talk about releasing the mind. There you go. Yeah. So you need to have an integrator in the system who's going to allow you the company to run without you, the owner in it. And that's one of the things that we'd like to implement in the EOS system. You know, I don't want to give away all the secret sauce, but that's one of the things that we're bringing in yeah. is implementer so that, that there's a management team. There's, there's an evaluation, obviously of the business processes as a whole. We do the, the evaluation. We help accelerate the sales if we need to, whatever is not working. But the, but one of the biggest things is making sure that process is complete with the owner removed. The owner has to step out so that 
the company can thrive beyond once they've left. Because if the company can't exist without the owner, then you can't sell it. It's not yep. sold. Yep. How's that That's exactly right. And then, <laughs> you, you, you know, because, and, and Ron asked a question about here, and, and I'll put it up here because it's it's really relevant in this. And he's, he's with personal branding, many make themselves the business. Um, you know, and does it hamper the scale and exit? And I think it can, it can, or it doesn't have to, depending upon how you take the approach, you know, with, yeah. with you, Iron, having Bowman Digital Media, as long as you can scale and you're going to be involved in the business, it can work either way. As long as when you get to the end, that you are not the reason the business is successful. Uh, when you get to the end, if you're still the brains and the in the the heart of the business, it's worth very little when you're gone. Well, you can you can build the business. Here here would be a perfect example for you, Ron. Like let's say this: you're RonCraig.com. Okay, if you're RonCraig.com and everybody's only connecting you because you're Ron Craig, in the beginning that's actually okay. But the the main thing that you didn't think about when you set up your name, if it's RonCraig.com, is what happens when you do want to get out because not many people are gonna to wanna to buy roncraig.com. You understand what I'm saying? Even yep. if it was billgates.com, he'd have trouble. So you wanna set up the name, you wanna to try to set stuff up so that when somebody else sells, you know, when somebody else goes to buy it, they don't have to change it. Because if you have to change the name when you buy it, what are you then buying really is just, you're buying the customer base and the customer yeah. base may or may not follow when you leave. Yeah. So for scalability's sake, let's talk about Bowman Digital Media for a second. Okay. So I make, a, I do a couple different things in Bowman Digital Media. I make videos and I make graphics. People know that. I help with social media management of sites. People know that. And uh, I make websites, right? I create websites. Now, any of those things I can actually source. Okay. I can start as I get more and more orders. I can bring in assistance. Now I can still be the face of the company and do sales, but guess what? Eventually I can bring in a sales manager too. I can yep. bring in a sales team. So it can be scalable. The thing that I've hamstrung myself with with Bowman Digital Media is, again, somebody might not want to run Bowman Digital Media, but here's the thing. You might notice in my logo, it's BDM already, right? So I've already positioned myself where I can make a, a shift and I can go from Bowman Digital Media to BDM or anything else. I need to do that long before I go to sell. So yeah. if you're going to change names, and you're thinking about this now before you launch, then just start with the better name. Yeah. But if you've already launched, and I have a friend, everybody knows I could name drop, but I won't. Everybody on the show knows her, right? She has a website. That's her name. Yep. And I've actually already had a conversation with her about changing it because, you know, when she goes to sell it, which people will want to buy her business because she's got that many followers and that much business coming in the door already. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to sell it for that name. So anyway, she didn't think about that before she set it up. Well, and most people don't, you know, because, because they're, they're sitting here going, Hey, I want to make it up. It, it, it's and, and back, back to train up, you know, too. Every entrepreneur starts with this. I think I can make money doing this. Right. And then it's like, and hopefully I can make enough money to make the salary that I was before or whatever you're trying to replace. They don't right. think about 20 years down the road. They're just trying to make ends meet. Yeah. They're yeah. just like, hey, I want to make a living and I don't want to do that. And that's 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 just like, you know, so so it's easy sometimes for us to say that. But it's it's very common. 
So yeah. people definitely overcome it. And you can, like you said, by being able to scale by, by doing it. Um, can it be, can it be blunt? Yes. I think that's why, you know, most entrepreneurs fail the first couple of times they are out of the gate. Yeah. There's so many, there are so many lessons that need to be learned as you're coming out and you're, you're probably insecure. Hey, I just hope I can make ends meet. I get that. I talk to people like that, that bootstrap my clients are doing that stuff all the time. I actually am super impressed. Every single person who reaches out to me, whether they end up using my services or not, most of the people I deal with are bootstrapped entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, right? They're, they're, they have no money. They really don't have much. They have an idea or a talent that's, that's, commodable you know they can make a living with it but they're really kind of just figuring this stuff out so when they reach out to me the reason why i'm impressed is because they have already realized the number one thing that you have to realize to be successful is you can't do it all yourself i don't care if you're a solopreneur or not you need help right because if you say you can i'll say really so you can you can generate your own power and you can run your own phone line and internet and all that stuff no you you need somebody to make your car and build your house and all that stuff you buy those things you don't think about that's your sourcing that part out, but you are. I don't look, I'm connected to you via the internet. I've got a video camera. I didn't make that video camera. I didn't mm-hmm. make the power or the internet. You know what I mean? I'm buying those things. Yeah. So once you get past that thick skull of yours that you think, oh, okay, I'm going to do this all on my own, right? Stop that. And you open up to the fact that you need help. I'm impressed because now it's, now you're in a place where you really can succeed. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they have to fail a couple of times first to, to figure out these things. But if you bring in Exit Your Way, what you're going to get is a host of folks who have already learned these lessons in a variety of ways. I don't know. If, I think all of us have been seasoned for at least a decade or more. I mean, I think I'm one oh, of the yeah. younger guys and I've been I've been working for well over 20 years myself. Right. Yeah. So you're going to get a host of industry experts but also just life experience. And we talk to each other, you know what I mean? Behind the scenes, we have the Microsoft teams and then we're doing our, we're doing our things behind the scenes collaborating. So you can plug in to our collective mind. And I hate, I hate the expression group think because that's actually the opposite of what it should mean. But in reality, when you have a brain trust that has your back, you're our client, we want nothing but the best for you. We succeed when you succeed. You've already said it. If we're not successful in helping you to fruition, sell your business, if we're going yeah. that route, then we don't, you know, we don't win either. Now, even yeah. if you're using us for any of the a la carte services, like you want management training or you want sales acceleration, or you want us to help with, with accounting or legal advice or whatever it is, we do offer that. I want people to understand, yeah. like if you're 27 and you need a certified valuation or you're, you know, 46 and your sales are slumping and you just want to fix that up or you have yeah. a website, but your e-commerce site isn't, you know, it's not working and you want us to fix that. Well, we have a guy who yeah. does that. You know what I mean? So yeah. we can well, help you in a variety of ways. But anyways, any of our clients, whether it's a, a a la carte service or an actual sale customer that we're going to sell the business for, we're going to put our heads together for you and do the best we can for you whether you're paying us for that particular service or not, if that makes sense, because we really do become friends with our clients and their vested interest becomes our vested interest. So, well, yeah, you have to, I mean, cause, cause realistically what we're trying to do is it, it, in a client that we're working on a, 
you know, an a la carte thing where we're helping them grow their sales or something like that, or we're trying to create and increase the business value. It's all about getting to the goals and you don't get to the goals by putting your blinders on. And that's one of the things that you'll, you'll yeah, yeah, you got it. You got to eyes wide open and, and multiple. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, because we have. Fear no evil, see no evil. <laughs> people will think it's funny sometimes because we have multiple people on a call, every single call. There will be very, very few calls other than a networking call. If you and I were just talking about networking or something that we only have one person on. And what we found is that if Ira and I are on the call together, Ira will hear different things that will gloss and go right through my mind. And I won't even think a millisecond about them, but they're key to what we're talking about. Or you find little nuances in, hey, if we did this, we would be able to do that and it would improve what we do. That whole group thinking or team thinking like you're you're mentioning is so powerful and we actually teach that to our clients too because it is that powerful when we're working together with clients and you know and then again everything rolls back to kpis too but this the the group working together is really the way that it makes makes it different and quite honestly you get it's just better solutions yeah there's no doubt there's no doubt look Two heads are better than one almost every single time. I mean, you could have certainly, you know, an Einstein type brain out there, but for the most part, you know, the, the, I would take the collective um, group experience and brain trust over an individual, if for nothing else than the diversity. So like, you know, somebody gets sick or, you know, you're just overwhelmed, you're overtaxed because like right now, I mean, I've got, I've got another six or seven hours worth of work I need to do today. I mean, it's yeah. three, it's three thirty. That'll make, that'll put me at 10, 10 30 tonight. I worked till midnight last night. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm one guy right now at Bowman digital media and I do need to start sourcing. And so I need to take some of my, more of my own advice. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you have a, if you have a multiplicity of folks that you can lean on, not only will you probably get better advice, you'll probably get it faster, more yep. efficiently, and your customers won't be waiting for you who are dragging behind to get that stuff too. I mean, there's just so many benefits to sourcing or using a team to help you accomplish your your tasks and your goals, especially if it's not your primary expertise, area of expertise, right? Yep. So like if we were shooting basketballs you know, and I'm standing next to Michael Jordan, I'd be a fool to, you know, take any of those shots. I'm gonna let him take those shots. Not LeBron James, Andrew Cross, Michael Jordan, just yeah. so that clear. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, if if LeBron was standing next to me, I'd let him take the shots too. Yeah. But, but anyways, <laughs> um, but the fact is, if I needed to do some business accounting, and it's me and Michael Jordan and LeBron James, I'm probably going to feel that you know what i mean certainly if i need to build a website i'm going to do that you know what i mean you're going to use the the player that makes the most sense on your team if you're smart well and that's that's what people sometimes just get uh question or have questions about how can you a la carte do do all this stuff a la carte right and it's because a first of all get to know us and get yeah. to know the amount of networking that I, Damon, and Andrew, and everyone else that we work with do on a on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Because it's probably take your normal business owner and then you know multiply it times a hundred. I don't know. We do a lot, 
Visit, just visit that out the website too. I mean, you can see our team, right? We advertise yeah. our team on our website. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's part of our team, really, when you look at it. And, and we've got a lot more, more people we can drop on when we need to and specialists because we, as we said, that pre-vetting, working with those people enough to really understand their skills so that if you have a business that I'm making, you know, shoes for dinosaurs, I don't care what it is. I know somebody that probably has made shoes for dinosaurs before and solved that problem. So what am I do? And, and it comes back again to having a big network. I go out and find in my network people I know that have done that before. And, and, and we bring the, the specific skilled resources to the, to the uh, situation. And that's how we do these things like not many do. I tell people that that's one of the similarities between Exit Your Way and the print business that most people don't even understand happens. And it happens every single day. When you order your business uh, cards and your postcards and your banners and your vehicle wraps and your wallpaper and you fill in the blank form, your printer whoever that is, God love them. It should be coming to me, by the way. I'll help you get a better price. Um, I can give you an anecdotal example of that actually in a second because it was it was a lot of fun. But anyways, um, most of them are, are sourcing. Some yes. they're, they have some of the equipment and they're doing some of the printing almost for sure. Although there are some that just completely outsource everything, right? So there are those too, but most of them like a broker, but most of them have some print equipment. And so they'll do some, but they do, they have trusted source partners that they've developed over the years to have different equipment and everybody runs their equipment the most efficiently yep. way they can. If you have all those different devices, it's really hard unless you have like 200 or 300 employees. And I did work in Texas. I worked for a company, Thomas Printworks. We had a couple different uh, plants in Texas that had hundred thousand square feet facilities and we had hundreds of employees. So we were able to actually do most of the work ourselves, but even still we sourced some of it. Yep. Um, but you know, you're printing on direct metal or plastic, you're printing on cloth, you're sewing stuff. You know, there's all these different die cuts and laser cuts and heat welds. And I mean, trust me, I could do fill this whole show with what I know about printing and we wouldn't have enough time. The fact is you work with outsourced partners who you know can get the job done and exit your way. We do the same thing, you know, somebody, yeah. hey, you know, Whatever. Yeah. That's how I came. That's how I came onto the team. And in, in full disclosure, that's how I'm on the team. I'm a consultant. Yeah. I, work, I don't, yeah. I'm not an employee of Exit Your Way, right? I mean, I work, I work with you as a consultant. But yeah. when you look at it too, you know, the print industry is very similar to even when I was in the aerospace industry years ago, you know, it's the same thing. You might have a skill that's machining or, or powder coating or whatever the heck it is for the the industry but then this this component gets done in your your place of business right. and it goes to another one another one another one another one comes back around to you and, and and do something else and then it's ready to go to where it needs to be i and, worked i worked um with the print equipment for toyota motors north america and several of the plants and the um toyota uh gosh i can't remember now what it's called anyways it was the sedan one of this one of their sedans was one of the uh, most worked on cars, produced cars put together in the United States because most of their factories are here except for the Lexuses. The Lexuses were all still made in Japan. Yep. But the fact is 
most people, if you ask them, where's that car built? They're going to say, oh, that's made in Japan. It's like, no, dude, you know where that was made? That was made in Kentucky or yeah. that was made in West Virginia or that was made in California, depending on on where. Right. And Honda, I think the Honda Civic was the only car. It might still be, but it was the only car that was 100 percent made in the United States. And if you ask people, where is the Honda made? Oh, it's made in Japan. No, dude. No, it's not. And this is what really happens now. What you're just saying in the engineering space is that people have their components that they build and then it's put together and it's, you know, and, it, and it's assembled basically in a different spot, usually because that's that's their specialty is the assembly. I have a, a, a new client, actually. It's called California Grown Hemp, and they have 12 farms all throughout California. They grow them in the different regions. They ship it all to one central hub in Santa Cruz. And yep. then that gets mass distributed throughout the United States. The distribution center in Santa Cruz doesn't grow any of the hemp. But every label will say Santa Cruz. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just interesting people's mindsets. But like I said, if you could take it back down to the basic elements, if you're, if you're a business owner and you go, okay, well, I use a phone. I'm not Verizon Sprint, AT&T, or whoever it is that you use, Cricket, whatever, right? You're using somebody for some of the stuff already because you mm -hmm. have utilities and you have, you know, your mortgage or your rent or whatever for your for your office, even if you're working out of your house. And, you know, so just already, just get past that. I'm too good to, to outsource or, you know, I'm too independent because you already are sourcing something. Because again, you're watching this from an internet feed and unless you're an internet service provider, which I don't think I know any. <laughs> Not anymore, really. <laughs> you're paying somebody to do something already. You know what yeah. I mean? So you just kind of got to get over that that mental. I think that's a huge mental gap for people. Um, Ron brought up something here. He says, and he Ron's, Ron's at, at the earlier stages of his his own uh, own business. Yeah. He says he's getting a little overwhelmed now. and, and yeah. He's got to get all those Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I hear that it's it's cold in Canada, but he has trouble putting on his pants from what I understand. I don't know. There, there's there's difficulties there, I think. Right here. <laughs> but the, the, the getting overwhelmed is totally normal. I mean, it's totally normal in business and you're going to just run into those situations, I think. And and if there's anything about that, it, it, it that can help is prioritization of what you're doing yeah. it is really key yeah. in business because. Yeah. You get into business because you're good at something. Yeah. And what happens over time in business is doing that something that you're really good at may not be the highest and best use of your time. Well, I think yeah. I think I think it's I think it's this, right? People need to look in the mirror and go, okay, what is it that I'm gonna do today? Like, but not just today, because you don't want to be reactionary. Like I said, think about the wrestling move where I'm trying to set you up five or six moves yeah. later. So I'm going to shoot a single, hoping that you sprawl. Anyways, we, we could get into wrestling analogies, I guess. But but the, the point is, if you know what you're trying to do or what the most important things that you need to get done are, and then you can start building a block schedule that makes sense. And then even think about, you really should have a workflow chart. I don't know that a lot of people do that. But if you have a workflow chart for processes, best best practices for each yeah. thing and go, okay, this is something that I'm going to do. For example, I'm giving my invoicing responsibilities over to my wife. So Bowman Digital Media, the invoices will be made by my wife. Why? Because my wife has the ability to do it and the time is open 
that will free me up to do more of the web design, graphic and sales yep. consultations that I'm doing. And then I can stop working till 10, 11, 12 at night, every night. You know what it's I mean? a great example of it. It's a great example. You always need to be looking at what you can, what you can delegate, what other people could do. And even before it's time, because yep. if, you know, a lot of people that are on, on here now are listening, probably have heard of Fiverr and using people on yep. Fiverr to do things. Yep. It is going to take you time to find or get somebody up to speed doing what you want. Right. So you've well, got to start before you need it. And that goes to Ron's point earlier, right? Come back full circle in the conversation, you know, about scalability, about being able to sell it later. Yeah. Like you're eventually going to need to let somebody else do everything if you're going to be able to walk away. Yep. So identify what you need them to do the most up front. So as you, you know, maybe in the very beginning, you're going to do everything because you can't really afford tired out and you have excess time. Okay. So there's no time crunch. You have an excess of available time because you don't have a lot of clients. Okay. I get it. Now you're going to do yeah. everything. But as the time becomes a crunch and you only get, you know, so many, so much time in the day to work and everybody has a different pain threshold for all these different things, how much they can afford to spend, how much time they can invest personally, what their uh, work level is. Like I personally can work 20 hours a day, seven days a week for years and not be burnt out. I've done it before. Um, so I have broad shoulders in that, in that respect, but not everybody can do that. You have to know your, you have to know your limitations, but if yeah. you take stock, a true stock of your resources and of your uh, capabilities, and then you think about, okay, these are the things like I could do my books for a while and I did, but now, you know, I have somebody else doing the books. Okay, great. So the books are being handled by somebody else. Now what's next? Well, for me, what's next is going to be some of these uh, graphic designs and, and uh, website designs because I can yep. go to Fiverr. I can go to some, look, I get, <laughs> I get 50 or more emails every day from graphic people saying, yeah. Hey, I'll do your work a lot cheaper than you're charging. You can market, you know what I mean? And make money. And that's great. And so then I, when that starts to happen, I was still oversight, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll still keep oversight, but you know, some of that work is not going to be done by me. That's the plan. I'm not telling you that might happen. I'm telling you that will happen. And eventually I'm going to bring in, like we talked about, I'm going to bring in sales. I've been doing sales forever. I'm really good at sales. Some would say that's my best skill set. But the fact is, again, I'm not going to work forever. And so I need to let that go. And so if you guys do that, or if you think about that, even if you're starting your business now, maybe mm -hmm. that'll take some of the pressure off too, where you can go, okay, I'm not in this alone. Yeah. Because I think that's where most of us, if we're truly honest, most of us self-sabotage ourselves because we um, we're insecure and we're overwhelmed. And if you will just give yourself that mental freedom, like, okay, I cannot possibly do all this by myself. It's okay. I'm going to do the best I can. You're going to manage. You're going to steer the ship. You might even want to consider bringing somebody in who's really good at business. Their skill is administration. Find somebody like that. They call them office managers in a lot of places. Yeah. We call them integrators. But you can, yep. you, you can have that too. You, you, anything that you're not good at, you can you can find somebody to help you with. Definitely, definitely. And and Ron brings it up well here. It's delegation is a hard skill to acquire and master, you know. And uh, and and another thing that that he talks about here, they put it on the screen quick. It's it's yeah. It's never going to get done like you do it. It never will. And you need. You need what's I'm that? Gonna tell you, 
sometimes that's actually a good thing. It is. All inherently, you know, there's always people that are getting better at what they do and, and it may not be you when you're really busy and other things like that. I think it's it is. Yeah, it pers- it's it may not get like done exactly like you want in the beginning, but if it's the right people and the right resources, it will get done really well as you go along. But well, sometimes it's a simplification, too. Yeah, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a real world example. Okay, because I'm kind of a nerd. I think most people know that. So I love to study things out and have all my facts and figures. And that's me. I hired a person in San Antonio to work for me. And the person was not really detail oriented and not a studier. And I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, okay, I don't know how this is going to go because we work in a technical world. So I was nervous, but he interviewed well, had he had you know, experience and stuff. So I hired him. And uh, anyways, he came on and I'm going to tell you why. He didn't focus on what he wasn't good at. He focused on what he was good at. And that was rapport. He could walk into a room and talk to anybody about anything. And it wasn't just that he could talk to them like they he would capture their attention. Well, he was successful. And you know what he did? Super smart. He's like, they got technical issues. Ira, because I was manager, come on with me. You can answer those technical questions. You can look smart. Perfect. So he was puffing me up (laughs) and he was making sales and he didn't have to do all that technical stuff. And I learned, wow, I can hire more people now because now I know it works. It was, it was, it was something that I didn't know would work. I, you know, I wanted it to work. Obviously I hired the guy and, uh, and it did work. So anyways, sometimes they don't do it your way and it's okay. You can learn something. Yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the things back again to the book traction, Ron, uh, there's, it's get that book, man. Get the book. It's like a, it's like a, a framework to do it. And if you go through it, it makes it easy. You know, it's not perfect. It's come on, baby, get the book. It's not perfect, but it does, it does really talk about uh, delegation and thinking about these things ahead of time. Because I'll tell you what, when you go through that, and there you go, resume writing simplified. Gotta get that for Curtis. Gotta get Curtis's in there. Um, but you know, when you think about it ahead of time and you go, okay, this is the next step I'm going to make after this happens. When you do that ahead of time, at least rough, it's not like you're going to get to the step of I'm really, really busy. And I know what's got to be the next step. And then I know what the step is after that. At least I got an idea. Yeah. He he breaks it down like this. He says 10 years, three years, one year, and then it's three months and then, uh, one month and one week. So you've always got this progression, but you never get to the three years because every year then you go in and you have a meeting and you adjust it for three years more. You know what I mean? So, but what's cool about that, it's like navigating one of those huge cruise ships with one of those little tiny rudders, you know, where you're going way in advance and you make the adjustments, you know? And so that book traction, really, I think everybody should read it. It's just phenomenal. Uh, in every way I was, I was like, yep, 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 yep. It just, it's super smart. It is good. good. And the, the other thing about it too, is, is Ron, you can buy it on audible. You don't need to read paper. (laughs) I know, I know that's what Ira likes, but you can listen. (laughs) Paper is the, yeah, you need the paper. (laughs) You do actually, this is, this is a book you want to have in paper. Um, I have every color highlighter you could think of. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hey, that's, that's good that's good for a book like this you know i 
I've got it on on Audible and and in paper form just because I I when I listened to listened to it on Audible, I realized that I needed to have the paper to be able to go through and highlight and and it's more of a workbook too. Yeah, you want to you want to you want to mark it because you're yeah. gonna you're gonna reference it. There is no doubt about it. You could buy it on ebook just to hear it, and it's probably not a bad idea. But you're gonna want to get the hard copy so you can. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to become, if you're smart, it'll become a reference guide that you'll go back to. Yeah. Why not reading it again? I just finished it. I don't know, two weeks ago. And, mm -hmm. and I, I haven't put it away yet. Usually what I do is when I'm done, done with the books, they actually go up in my bedroom on my bookshelves, which are like my car. I have all my college books and everything. I, I, I literally don't get rid of any of my books. My wife hates it every time we move to like, oh I can't believe it's thousands of dollars to move this crap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, so it's my security blankie. Uh, but anyways, this one I haven't put away because I'm going to read it again. So yeah. if you guys want to do a book club with me, you know, get the book. Let me know when you get it. We'll, we'll start reading it. We'll, we'll do a chapter a day or, you know, whatever pace you guys feel comfortable with. And then we can talk about it. I mean, I think that would be a lot of fun. And it it, would be. Yeah, it really is a good book. So. Well, and especially when you start to talk about the some of the things we've talked about, but when you even get into the deeper things, when they talk about core values and other things that that really, you know, where you want to be, and yeah, yeah, it's just there's a lot of good things in there. But it it is, and it, it it's so 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 common for people in business to be overwhelmed because they're doing too much of the wrong thing. It's I, I just can't overemphasize that enough, and and. Quite honestly, even in the larger businesses that we help, you know, 15, 20, 30 million dollars, the owners are still involved too much in a lot of respects. And we have to help them uh, replace the, the resources and do what they need to do. I think so, people, people need to think about opportunity cost like that expression. That mentality has, for whatever reason, seemed to evaporated from the conscious in social media, like I never see anybody talk about opportunity costs, but it's like, okay, yeah. so if you're doing this at this time, what could you be doing instead? That's the yeah. idea of opportunity cost. And so, yeah, what you're doing now, you might be scraping by, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. I was making those gifts. Well, those gifts were taking me about an hour, you know, to make them. And so I was charging people a hundred bucks and I was like, well, okay, if I make, you know, a certain amount of those, you know, basically a hundred a month. <laughs> pay yep. my bills and uh you know it's short-sighted because yeah you could do it but you can't ever get sick you can't ever you know what i mean you got to continually find more people because once you made them like i made one for exit your way you only need the one it's not like you need me to make three for your logo you know what i mean yeah so, well the opportunity cost of making the gifts long term was yeah. not finding these monthly contracts to manage social media, to do websites, to do sales consults and, and these things. So if I had kept on that gift track, I would have never been able to grow the way I'm growing now. Right. Yeah. My business shifted gears. Like it skipped second gear. It went from first gear to third gear just by getting off of the gifts and focusing on the core, which you were talking about just a second ago. Right. My, my yep. core talents and go, okay, these are my core talents. I'm going to focus on that even at short term losses, because I made a little less money the second month than I made the first month because I didn't have the gift revenue. But then the third month I started out in the first week, I made more than I made in the second month because yep. I switched the gears. So think about the opportunity cost of whatever it is that is eating your day that you're not good at. That's wasting time at your 
banging your head on and going, okay, why can't I do this better? Why can't I do this faster? You know why? Because you're being stubborn and you're still doing it. So take some friendly advice from Ira. Trust me, I don't mean to be condescending. I'm not trying to offend you in any way. I'm trying to give you some advice that will free your life and most likely help you make more money, which is let somebody else do that stuff that you don't. I don't care if it's the housework. I don't care if it's, you know, washing your car. I don't care if it, you know, whatever it is. You know what I mean? If it give it to somebody else to do, pay them their fee. If you can't afford their fee, then find somebody who's cheaper. Go to Fiverr. Go, you know what I mean? Like there, there's all kinds well, of different ways. To yeah. The and and there is one caveat in that. And and I always tell people this too. Don't pay someone else to do it if that means that you're gonna go park your butt in front of the television or you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna go play. Look. The opportunity yeah. cost yeah. is so important there. What would you be doing instead of doing yeah. that, right? So instead of doing the housework, I am going to be making a video or I'm going to be building a website or I'm going to be doing yeah. sales consultation activities for my clients. Okay, now do it. But if you're going to go get on <laughs> Netflix, then don't do that stupid. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I, people ask me all the time about TV shows. And I'm like, seriously, do you not pay attention? I have eight kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, can you count the logos? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something to do. I promise yeah. you, there's always something to do. So, yeah. you know, no, yeah, to your, you're a hundred percent, a thousand percent right. If you're just gonna, if you're gonna goof around on the computer, or you're gonna, you know, not get dressed, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know it's it's one of those things I always like to see because some people, you know. You can you can follow some of these jokers that are on Instagram and stuff that that are like oh god man it just makes me want to throw up you know it's yeah. like it's like okay they they found somebody's fancy car sitting in a parking lot and they're taking some pictures around it or whatever the hell they do because you know that's it's not going to be easy because if everyone gets into gets into entrepreneurship and thinks that okay I can I can set my own hours I'm gonna be able to run you know I'm gonna be on this big boat somewhere. Hey, listen, you may be, but it's going to, you're going to earn your right to do that. Yeah. And it's going to come harder than you think for sure. Yeah. Cause entrepreneurship, business ownership is going to humble you. I promise you yeah. it's going to humble you. It, it's yeah. humbled me. Um, I can't even tell you how many different ways, but I want to go back to what I said at the very beginning. If you remember how we started this, this whole conversation, when you go to hire somebody, I want you to, Get them to show you that they're good at what they say they do before you hire them, yeah. right? So make sure that you check their credentials. I don't care how many followers they have and stuff. To a certain extent, depends. I mean, if that's what you're, if that's what you're trying to do is just build your followers, then yeah, then pay attention to their followers. But you know, look at look at the people that have referred their work. Go to their website. Talk to some people that they've worked with, right? You know, dig into it a little bit because especially with coaches. Oh my goodness. I just don't even get me started. I didn't yeah. want to call myself a coach. I didn't get into coaching because I thought, Oh, this is the cool thing. I started doing Bowman coaching. Um, <laughs> my wife wants to speak with you. Great. Uh, about the Bitcoins or the pants. I don't know, but I got into Bowman coaching because so many people were asking me all the time, like, how did you, how did you grow? I went from 1500 people in May of 2018 to uh, 25,000 in uh, December of 18. So in just that, you know, seven month time period, I added 
25,000 people. And they were impressed by that. And then in 2019, I added a hundred thousand followers. And so I was getting so many, you know, private conversations about how I was doing it and what they could do that I didn't have time to our point earlier, you know, evaluate your time sucks. Yeah. Now time sucks. So it's like, okay, how can I, how can I still do some, but you know, make it work for me. So I started charging and that's how Bowman coaching was, was born. Um, but anyways, the whole the whole point of that, people were coming to me because they saw what I did. They wanted to do the same thing. So, you know, if you're looking for sales acceleration, make sure you're talking to somebody who actually knows how to sell something, not just sell you and their service, but actually yeah. know how to sell something that is com- is yeah. a commodity. That's one of the things that makes me uh, so honored is that you guys were using me as a coach. We weren't, I wasn't auditioning that I knew of for a sales role. It wasn't in my mind. I was happily working for ARC and you you guys were just using me for some sales coaching. And then when I got furloughed and then laid off, it was like, Hey, why don't you join us instead? And it was like, well, okay, let's talk about that. So we came together with an agreement that was a win-win for both of us. And so that made me feel really good because you guys saw my sales skills in action, you know, for a couple months before. Yeah the offer was there. And I think that's a, it's a great way to do it. If you can, not everybody can vet somebody for two months, but you can certainly look, if you're looking for somebody who designs websites, let's say e-commerce websites. Well, we have a guy named Jeffrey who was going to be on today. He's got dental troubles. Right. But, uh, but anyways, he can help you. And if yeah. he, if it's not the type of site that he can build, I might be able to build it. And if I can't build it, guess what? We know some other people that we can yeah. help build too. Yep. There's an arsenal of experience. Yeah. Exit your way, which is awesome. But and that's when it gets fun. I mean, let them for you. So if you trust yeah. us, then you're good. But don't just take somebody's sales pitch at face value. Like do some do some homework. That's one of the things I love about our Thursday remote calls is week in and week out now. I'm getting to meet people not just on the stage during the presentation, but before and after. It's amazing. Just getting to know people like some people, Alon, for example, I just, I just yeah. launched my show yesterday. I met him, I think it was three or four weeks ago. It was never yeah. when Mike and I were on as guests. So yeah. however long ago that was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe it was five weeks. Now that I think about it. But anyway, something like that. Yeah. We met there. We got to talk a few other times. Then we talked offline. And now we're doing some, some business together, right? We have a yeah. show and we're doing a business deal, actually, which is really cool. Would have never yeah. happened, but I got to know him and enough about him beyond what his website said. Yeah. And I was comfortable getting into business with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's likewise. And when we, you know, Kurt Anderson's another one and, yeah, Andrew Bright and yep. there are just so many people that stand out that we have, we've, we've been able to meet. And then that, Thursday thing, I'll be honest, this is much for us to be able to network with a great group of people as it is anything because, and I know everybody gets, you talk to the other people that come, they get benefit from it too, but it's, it's really is nice to be able, as you said, find other people that got the experience and done it before and know what the heck they're doing because, you know, we can all get talked into something by people that are that that have speak really good have fancy presentation whatever but at the end of the day when you get people that can produce results that's what you're really looking for and and uh and you know and and with us too we back up to exit your way and what we do 
we don't do any long-term contracts. I have zero long-term contracts for consulting right now. Everything I do is month to month, word of mouth. Yeah, if you're, happy, if you're not happy, we're not going to lock you in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You pay, I, you pay it for the work you did, and we're good. And that's the same way at Bowman Digital Media. People yeah. keep asking me about that. Can you send me the contract? I said, no, I can send you the invoice, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's what it is. And next month, if you don't want it, just tell me. We'll turn it off. But yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not interested in trapping anybody. And I, I love that about our, you know, what we have that in common. Yeah, it's it's reality is customer service and and yeah. results. It's you kill what you eat in this world. Yeah. Always good, right? Wait, yeah. you eat what you kill. That's what it's. I have dyslexia. You there you go. You know what I meant to say. <laughs> but it, I knew what you meant. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And it's it's good though because it, my brother calls those ira-isms, By the way, <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Ira-isms. Like, messed him up. He's like, I know you're smarter than that, but you know, <laughs> you just said you just said uh, you you kill what you eat wait you eat what you yeah i'm like okay sorry yeah jill, jill valdez she said february 28th today and i caught yeah. it that's so yeah. weird and i'm like and i made her blush i'm so i didn't mean to I knew exactly what you were saying I did, make, I did mean to make kelly robinson blush i absolutely did that was good though that was but, good i have never seen kelly blush and she <laughs> could she she really did. That, that was a moment that was one of those moments right there and uh it was it was good the uh yeah it's it's just it's it's really really great to be able to talk with entrepreneurs you know on a daily basis you know they people see us doing this uh, live once in a while maybe on a thursday shows but what they don't realize is, and and kelly said it today it was kind of funny i'll talk for business all I'll, about business all day long i'll talk yeah. sales I'll, I'll, yeah. and then when i'm not talking about i'm working on it yeah. you know and uh, this is this is what's fun is we've got a group of passionate people that are just crazy ass about what we do and love it and love and, and love it so much and that we are truly working our passion. And as you said, working 20 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, we don't want to be doing that uh, for the rest of our lives, but we do certainly are passionate enough to do it. And yeah. when we see our client success, it just drives us to go that much harder. The only thing for me about the time is not the time i don't regret it and I, I enjoy it i love what i do trust me this is like i'm all in the only thing that i regret is you know i'm missing time with my kids yep 100%. so that's where i'm trying 100%. to trying to make sure that i that i am visible now i do work from home now which is super cool so yep. when i'm not recording my office door is open my kids can walk in they'll give me a hug and we'll you know yep. what I mean? and there's little yep. moments sweet moments like that which is super cool and I don't have a commute anymore, which is super yeah. as well. But for the long term, like I don't want to look back when I'm 65 and go, you know what? I I might didn't see my kids grow up. I don't yeah. want I don't want to be there. And I've already got my second my second child's leaving in a couple of weeks to go to Florida for college. My yeah. oldest is already in Texas, so I never see that little punk. And now I got another punk. They're punks when they leave me. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So. You're on, you're out of the will. I got enough that love me and I got a couple that say they'll never leave me, but they'll get older and then they will. And that's just how it works. But yeah. that's, it's, that's it for me. Like, yeah. I want to make sure that w when I'm evaluating my time, that I'm taking the time to eat dinner with my kids and, you know, yeah. and do the family. We bought this, uh, it's a safe. This is the greatest invention. It's a, it's a little plastic, it almost looks like Tupperware, but it's taller. It's like a canister. Mm-hmm. 
it's got a time lock on it. So what you do is you take your cell phones and you drop that sucker in there and you set the timer. And then guess what? Unless you sledgehammer that sucker, you ain't getting your phone yeah. <laughs> until it pops. And so we have, uh, we have family dates. Yep. That's so a good idea. That's a good idea. And you know, it's, it's funny you say that because the reason I stopped doing corporate work, uh, working W2 work is because I spent the four years before that, not seeing my kids grow up. And I just said they were, at, you know, they were 10, 12 years old at that or eight and 12 or whatever the heck it was. They were young. And and I, I was done with done with the job. And I and I think from that time, I walked my son to school almost every day, which was for me, a you need to stay in shape. It was like a two mile walk. And I did it for almost two, two or three years. So you get into the work before he went to school, get him ready for school, get home, do do the dirt work during the day. He'd walk home from school by himself. And, uh, you know, that's just the, that's the way you do it. And it was great. It was great. So I, I appreciate what you're saying there. And it's it's very important. The phone safe is something that would be very yeah. useful in our house. The other thing is everybody's on Wi-Fi in my house. The only, the only thing that's hardwired in, I think, is my computer and now my, my wife's computer. So I just turned the Wi-Fi off. I'm the keeper. I'm the keeper of the internet. <laughs> I have not. Gone, I have not gone hard hardcore and changed. I don't change the Wi-Fi password every day. I know some people do that. I don't. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't have the um, the wherewithal to do that. We talked about it already. Oh, that's another funny thing we were talking about earlier today. I wear. Okay, full disclosure, everybody. I wear white tube socks every day, and I wear the old school ankle. Not ankle high, excuse me, calf high. So like it's almost to my knee. And I wear boots. Most of you know I'm 5'8", so I'm not very tall. So I wear boots. It makes me a little taller. It's not why I wear them, but anyways, I wear boots. So I don't like the boots to sweat on my legs. I know that sounds weird, but it's just that's actually why I started doing it. But even when I wear shorts, I wear those socks. And my <laughs> wife and kids... <laughs> <laughs> they tease me relentlessly about those socks. So there's something that you have some fodder on Ira now, all three of you that are watching on LinkedIn. Oh, um, dude, and that, I may yeah. one day actually put that picture on Instagram just to give you all the laugh of your life because I really look ridiculous. There was a there was a dad song, uh, the dad life or something like that. Do you remember yeah. that? It was popular yeah. for like a couple years ago. Yeah, well, there was some funny they had some funny stuff in it yeah so then my kids my kids say i'm one of the characters he was like it was me it was totally me khakis oh, yeah uh, anyways the dad like well, you know that's and i won't go off on this much but it's so funny as as you see people switch from being this whatever year old dad or, or young man mm -hmm. to dad yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, became, I became a dad at 23 so yeah. I've I've been a dad most of my life now, and yep. uh, you know I've been married most of my life. I my wife asks me sometimes, "You remember what it was like before me?" I'm like, "I really don't." Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know how to feed myself when yeah. I. In full disclosure, when I cook, we go out. That's how I yeah. cook. So everybody loves it when I cook because there's no kitchen to clean up or anything either. And exactly. you know, there's there's nine of us that eat at our house right now because my oldest like i said he's in texas so you know he's not here at, anymore but um you know that it takes a lot of effort to cook but also to clean yeah 
when we go out to eat, it's cool because then, you know, it's like, well, there's two hours of our day back. Yeah. So, you know, then we sit and we usually want to afterwards there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, it's been it's been great talking today, Ira. We're a little over an hour here, so I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Yeah. But you know, it was good talking about some of this stuff with with people and 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 answering some of the questions with Ron. Ron got himself a new book out of it. Uh, Paula, yeah, his wife is looking for me to do her yeah. tour. You know, um, don't hold your breath because I do live in CA, but it's the CA the the sunny one, the California yes. one, not the CA the snow the snowpack one the cold so one. i will not be there to uh to do your dishes or vacuum your floors my wife wishes i would do that stuff here but i tell her that's what we have all those kids for <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah good stuff and i i do have to say though i just i was just catching uh before we got on here i was looking at the the uh live that nick and paula did oh yeah. i got the the parka was <laughs> awesome I, I don't own any of that stuff. You know, if it snowed here, I'd be in huge trouble. I have a jacket. I have like, you guys probably, they probably wear that in the summer. But I yeah. have a, I have a jacket that's like a windbreaker. That's all I got. So. Yeah. Oh, it brought back little memories because as a kid, man, we, the parka where it would come up like this, yeah. the big fur around that, just because it was so cold. You'd... A lot of people don't know this, but my mom lives in the heart of Utah. And so as a kid, I oscillated between my dad in Vegas and my mom in Utah. So I grew up, you know, for half my life in the snow. So I definitely know what it is. And when I was a kid, I had the same thing. I mean, you yeah. had you had the the stuff, I can't even remember what they're called, but they're like pajamas that you thermals. You had the thermals yeah. you put on underneath and then you got dressed and then you had your overclothes and then you had your coat and your scarf and your gloves and all that stuff. And then there was the kind moon boots and all this stuff. Oh yeah. Any of that crap and when I was old enough to drive, that was it. I was out of there, man. <laughs> yeah. this, stuff is, this stuff is for um, the penguins, and that's I, I'm I'm a give me 110 degree weather over 30, and then yeah. 30, and some sometimes that's that's the high of the day if it even gets to that. Like your high of the day is zero or minus whatever. Like forget. Yeah, yeah, that's not so good. It's not so good. And, and I never had to shovel my driveway as an adult, so that's good no chains no chains on my tires that's a big that's a big good that's a good thing right there but my power well, is seven hundred dollars because the air conditioner it's true yeah so no there's probably not doing that in canada no not quite not quite right. well we better go yeah yeah we're gonna roll I mean, next week we've got a couple good ones coming up we've got on tuesday i've got um Allison DeFord and Ray Zaganto going to talk about manufacturing on Tuesday and uh, some of their work they're doing with manufacturing and uh, marketing, which is pretty cool. And then Thursday, I believe I've got Thane Isaacs on okay. to talk a little bit about leadership. Um, do we have the, uh, do we have the 730 1030? Yeah, we've got the Thursday round table going 730 Thursday morning. I haven't quite, uh, Put the, uh, put the I'm talking to Coach V tomorrow. I think she's she's yeah. in my mind anyway. Scheduled. Oh my gosh, she is so much fun, and she actually will. She was going to give me a lot of props because I'm drinking water this whole show. So good, 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 good. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we've got a full week again next week, and it's it's going to be fun for us. And and uh, we we're trying to get 
Nick Dorsey with his travel schedule, get him on here one of these weeks. And he's a lot of fun. Love that guy. Andrew Deutsch will be scheduling Jeff again down the road and talking a little bit more about some e-commerce. So we got pretty, pretty full schedule. And, and before you know it, we're at the uh, Labor Day holiday, which is on, on the 7th. Can't believe it already. Um, talking to somebody today about that. But wonderful being on with you today, Ira. Thanks, Great Dave. as usual. Awesome for people to stick with us in our nonsensical ways that we have <laughs> going on this. But uh, we're out for now and have a great evening, everyone. See y'all. Got the music.